Tempest, hi. 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 Do you know what I would love to hear you talk about? What's that? I would love you to quickly tell our amazing listeners of the awesome stuff that is on our Patreon. Absolutely. I'd love to. Firstly, my romantic partner of the podcast world, Lolo Brown and I, would like to thank all our Patreons for subscribing and supporting the podcast. It means the absolute world to us and uh we genuinely genuinely are very grateful for your support we have a patreon firstly if you want to just subscribe uh, and give us a couple of pounds each month then we love that and every little helps you get nothing but you do get our <laughs> undying love you get nothing but you get the feeling that you've supported two artists it's a pound each one for me one for tempest none for you rich <laughs> rich gets vat oh sorry the government gets that <laughs> We have The Next Level Up, which is £5 a month, I believe. Yes. Where you get some really awesome behind-the-scenes sort of footage and bits and bobs, the outtakes that you can essentially use to blackmail us later on in our careers. There's shit like that that you really don't want to miss out on. You really don't want to miss out on it. And then lastly, if you're feeling particularly generous, we have a Boss Bitch Botanica level for a mere £20 a month. Plus VOG. You can have us butcher your name at the end of every <laughs> single podcast. You literally can have me lie awake at seven o'clock in the morning being like I've got to put this to a tune I promised I would and it's going to be a jingle and then we just screech your name into a microphone and but we do it with gratitude in our hearts and love so if you want to be in our mouths and in our hearts <laughs> wrapped around our tickety tongues <laughs> then uh, pay up does that work I think that works I don't think we could have done that better enjoy the rest of the episode <laughs> Um, and I think he consults sometimes. It's a good thing Luke's out the house because he's like, I can't listen to you talk about Robert Evans anymore. <laughs> we love you, Robert Evans. I love Robert Evans. Betsy was like, have you Googled him? I'm like, I have. <laughs> I haven't. Google him. In some pictures, like we all do, he looks very hot, but I think they're very staged pictures. But he still looks hot in them. He's got a great voice. It's something we... Oh, hello. Right. No. Well, the first picture that comes up is a strong no. It's a strong, strong no. Oh, yeah. Why has he got a side middle part? He looks like a high school shooter in that (laughs) picture. But his Twitter profile picture is like dashing war zone journalist. It's great. He's probably not a particularly physically attractive guy who's got a great sexy personality. Yeah, I reckon... We should start tweeting him. Well, we'll have to say that we do a shout out on this episode for him. Just be like, we just we just talk about you. This is which, which brings us on to uh, our subject for today. <laughs> oh Emacs. God, are we doing a podcast? Okay, cool. <laughs> the first time you mentioned the listeners, I was like, who? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You remember audience members? Do you remember them? We just it's like having an audience, but we don't see them or have anything to do with them. We just talk at them and hope that they stay. <laughs> Isn't that every bad combat? <laughs> yeah, stay, stay, please. Stay, 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 stay. Hey guys! Oh, it's going to continue with. I definitely, I definitely um sit on Bob, like he Bob Evans. Mm. Do you reckon he's a Robbie or a Bob or Bert? Bertie? No, Bertie no. Evans. Mm. He's none of those he's things. Robert isn't he? Robert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I want to call him Bertie. Joshua. You don't call him Josh. No, he doesn't like it. I don't. <laughs> friends reference there for you guys i didn't really watch friends sorry have you watched that episode of space jam no you just don't want to be happy 
uh, I'm not going to argue. I I forget about it. It's not something that sits in my mind. I will try. I will try and watch it so that I can come back and be a part of whatever joke you guys have been doing for the last three months. Ten years. Oh, God. Space is like 20 years old, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday we were listening to a 90s playlist and I realised the 90s was over 20 years ago. Well over 20 years ago, depending on, yeah, which bit. That's terrifying. (laughs) Yep, I find it really stressful. People who were born in 2003 are turning 18. Do you think that they think of 90s music in the same way that we'd hear 70s music and be like, I love 70s music. (laughs) Do you? But I am 80 years old on the inside. Mm. And also I'm convinced that all music these days sounds the same. Some music nowadays does sound the fucking same. So, uh, welcome, everybody, uh, to this week's episode. Um, it is Valentine's Week, which no, it's clearly not. is... Well, it will be when it comes out. Is it? Yes. I thought Valentine's... Oh, my God, it's because it's on a Sunday, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Yes, you Continue have a with your introduction that day <laughs> for our Valentine's show. <laughs> do you mind if I do it from the bath? Uh, you can do it from wherever you like because you're getting a screen, whatever, a backdrop to put on. Lovely. Yes, to make it look like you're in the hotel suite. Cool. <laughs> you think that's mad or you <laughs> just, just know what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just waiting for myself not to be able to understand how to work it. That's going to be that bit. So I'll make you a video. <laughs> Great, can't wait. <laughs> Have you seen the advert where it's like, it's for like um, kitchen fitters and there's a woman who- This is awful. Yeah, it's like the most shaming thing ever. I really think it's the most horrendous, mean thing in the world to judge someone on their home in that sense and shaming them into paying thousands of pounds on a kitchen they can't afford in a pandemic. Like, I'm like, you're vile. Sorry, I got really angry about it. Yeah, it's awful. But also, nobody would be like, turn off your background. This is not going to happen. Why would you ask somebody to do that? (sighs) Did you know that last week we didn't do gin salts? I did not know that, but I'm not mad about it because I have nothing today. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering if we're just letting it die. Gin salt, letting it die. Good, done. There we go. (laughs) Anyway, hello everyone. Valentine's. That's Tempest. (laughs) That's Lolo. Hi. And we just love love. Isn't Valentine's Day your favourite holiday of the year? No. (laughs) You didn't even wait for me to answer. It is my favourite holiday. I know. It's extremely important to me. Every year (laughs) I like to just watch it fly by while people spend thousands of pounds on absolute bullshit. (laughs) And that bullshit is usually our shows. So keep celebrating Valentine's Day. That's a good point. Thank you, all of those who have celebrated Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well pointed out. Last year we were we had a show on Valentine's Day. We launched Banked. Oh, that paid for the rest of that run. (laughs) It's great. Thanks, team. Oh, you did it. It was yeah because Banked had the bank shows just as the pandemic hit had just started to pay for themselves. It took a year of bedding in in a venue with nothing else in it in the city where no one really goes to hang out and it was just leaping its little head out of the water boosted up by a big giant drop of cash from a sell out valentine's day show and then bam 
another COVID tragedy. Anyway. Oh, God, yeah. Thank you to all of those who have joined Burlesque for Valentine's Day. We very much appreciated it. Yeah. But we always work Valentine's Day, I guess, in a way that we work Christmas, but we don't work Christmas Day, but we'll always tend to work Valentine's Day. So yeah. well, we, we enjoy it for a different day. I like creating Valentine's Day content. I think it's interesting. But, but Valentine's Day is not a big holiday in my household. Yeah, I like... I like that people want to celebrate it. And I think like taking time and to celebrate your love, the romantic love in your life, I think is really, really beautiful. I think the concept that we're sold around it is really, really problematic. Okay. Why do you think couples go to see burlesque on Valentine's Day? Because they think it's a sexy thing to do. Yeah. Do you think people get turned on by it? Us or it? Us. Us. <laughs> us at Bank in particular. Do they get turned on by... Bootsy flopping around like a mermaid. I hope so. <laughs> do they get turned on by me shoving drills in my face? I do. So why not? <laughs> do they get turned on by me whip cracking and just missing and just getting you in the arm? <laughs> That's the most excitement I felt for uh, oh, ever. <laughs> I don't know. I I always think it's interesting that. I never, ever think of making a sexy show. I always try to think about making an interesting show. And I, for some people, because we don't play up to like the obvious narrative of like, let's make a sexy show. I think they find it a bit <laughs> odd. <laughs> I would love, love you to open the show. Let's make the sexy show. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great piss take over, wouldn't it? We take a little bit of this. <laughs> Can we do it? I, I desperately want to start a show called The Sexy Show. You, you can have Done. it. Thank you. Great. Can't wait. I'm going to do a show inspired by what you've just said called House of Burlesque. Burlesque. And it's going to be us trying to make what people think a burlesque show is. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your like burlesque, burlesque act? Uh, I'm going to steal an idea from my burlesque mother and do a martini glass act in a pint glass. Or Buck's Fizz. <laughs> Which is so sticky and gross, and have dancing. And also, you'd be on a stem. Like. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm dancing oranges behind me, and just come out in a giant orange tracksuit, and then just come out covered in bits. <laughs> um, I would do a sexy dance, but um, uh, in a panel skirt. Apart from the panel skirt, is in two separate pieces. The panel skirt is like linked through my stomach and comes out the other side, so it like, bridges through me. So when I pull it out, it's just blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I think we're totally onto something. We should have an opening. <laughs> Mm. That is an entirely choreographed dance routine full of like the waggly no no finger and the <laughs> oopsie face. And then there's no striptease in it at all. But at the end, for no reason, we just pull off our bras and show our tits. <laughs> oh my God. Wouldn't it even be better if it was about something really mundane? Like you just brought out your tax return and kept putting it in people's face and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> And like really mundane things like washing the toilet seat, like no, no, no. <laughs> That's far too satirical for the House of Burlesque Burlesque. Uh, oh, <laughs> Burlesque God. Is good. Oh, can't wait. God, these golden ideas, absolutely golden. Oh, and of course, oh. the soundtrack would be Feeling Good. And like, do we just have every single different version of Feeling Good? That would just be the entire show. Everything would yeah. just be Dubstep everyone's mix, version. News. Yeah. Nina. Yeah. Oh, oh, hang on. No, 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 no. I feel like if we're going to do it, we have to do it. It's a man's world. Oh, 
yes we'll all come out mm. as men but the most feminine men ever men, yeah and by men we're just wearing a white shirt just a shirt and a trilby <sighs> romance romance well do you want to do the boring bit <laughs> of where valentine's day comes from just quickly you've all got google <laughs> you sound so excited about this Technically, we should be celebrating Valentine's Day because it's a saint and you and I should care about saints. I mean, sure. <laughs> I've never really been into the cult of saints. Have you? No. Putting someone on a pedestal for something they might have done like a while ago? No. That doesn't interest me. We're here for the cult of the Madonna. That's it. <laughs> I like saints for the idea that there is someone to watch over you specifically for one thing. I like the idea of St. Anthony. Mm-hmm. Which one's St. Anthony? Patron saint of lost things. Oh, nice. That's quite nice. Some of my family in Ireland, whenever you lose anything, you're like, oh, St. Anthony. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's really nice. It's very pagan. But yeah, it's pagan. <laughs> it's fucking pagan because you're talking to a specific like god. Like there's an Our Lady of Loretto mm. specifically who is a saint of aviation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Flights and modesty, apparently. Brilliant. That's good. Yeah. Considering they weren't around when, like, flights were invented or humans could fly. So I assume they were just talking about birds. Yes. Yeah. I'm saint of the birds. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is the good side of the saints. But I don't... We didn't really grow up in a saint-orientated household, so I know very little about them. But we should do Catholicism in the episode and we should talk about random saints because I think there's a whole load of really random things that people are patron saints of yeah and they've got really weird lists remember saint nick oh. is like patron saint of like prostitutes and children <laughs> never let it be said that catholics don't have a sense of humor except for irish catholics <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's two things we do have is a sense of humor and a sense of style thank you <sighs> none yes. of this minimalistic church <laughs> chapel business none of this like simplistic crucifix above a really simple cement altar no 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 <laughs> I want to see it flaked with gold. I want to see the chairs made of glass. I want to see a Pope with a hat that's so big that it touches the ceiling as he walks through the church. <laughs> I like that it's a 3D performance because every religious like figure always enters with their own like aromatherapy. And entourage, of course. <laughs> Campness is close to godliness. Yeah, imagine if you took away their music like in your head. Like, just envision the priest and their entourage. You just take away the music you hear and just put in like... X go give it to you. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> slow it down. Just slow moan. Just let it roll. Now that would be a TikTok I'd watch. Yeah. Happy days. Happy days. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to thank the Catholics for. Huge amounts of art and fashion's got to be one of them. But. Yeah. When people are like, oh, you get rid of religion and just lose all of the wonderful things. No, we can keep all of this stuff because that's like human imagination and art and creativity done in service to a bigger thing. That's fine. You just take away the bit that says that you must bear children you don't want. And if you're gay, you deserve to die. We just get rid of the religious bit of it and keep the campery and the fabulousness and all of the ceremony and glamour. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Inherently, there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with a majority of religion. It's just, unfortunately, it's... yeah. And also, is art... Ma- oh, hang on, I was going to say something really intelligent. It's something to do with art and the fact that it's created from an existential yearning to need to belong. And that doesn't change whether or not we 
believe in God or whether or not we need to feel connected to the earth around us. Something along those lines. But do you know what's better? Mm. Where is St. Valentine's from? Oh, <laughs> tell yawn. us tell us about our Pali Valley. Oh, so there's like three different St. Valentine's or derivatives of. <laughs> oh, wow. You sound so happy. It's about a really this. dull story for what's like quite a nice holiday. It's a boring story. <laughs> so it was based on a pagan festival of, uh, but Roman pagan. And they did all kinds of crazy shit. So the only two lols about Valentine's Day are that single women would put their names into a cup. Oh no, first they'd sacrifice a goat and a dog. Not wild about that. Then they'd soak this. Yes, Lola Bro. Why a goat and a dog? Oh. For symbolism, the dog was for cleanliness, which surprises me because dogs are quite dirty animals. Yeah. <laughs> I have a dog and cleanliness is not what I associate with her. I'd say a cat if you were going to do anything. Right. Yeah. But no, apparently dog. And I'm not sure what the goat was for. And so then they dip a little, I think they dip a part of the, the hide into the blood and then they'd go around like flicking it at animals and <laughs> women who'd all be well up for it because it increases your fertility. So obviously it's done, I suppose, as uh, spring is coming into being. And then allegedly in this Roman ceremony, the single women would put their names into this cup and then like the single man would just pick out a name at random and then you just go off together and some of them would get married and you were together for a year. That sounds like insanity to me, but there we go. I love the pagan hand-fasting year business. Oh, you're married for a, a finite period. Yeah. yeah. When you're married for a year, a few of my friends follow that and they get remarried every year and they make the conscious decision to remain married for another year. And I think it's really lovely. Yeah, that is that's nice. That's really lovely. I do think that's a yeah. much more sensible way of doing it. But then marriage it was never about love. It's about property and lineage. So I kind of get that too. Can't wait to do the marriage episode. <laughs> Very excited. And so does that vegan festival. Uh, so Lupercalia is what the Roman holiday is called. And then St. Valentine's, there's a few St. Valentine's, as I said. So the main one is, uh, I think one of the Roman emperors decreed that soldiers could only be single men because they were better fighters. So this priest would marry young lovers in secret so the men wouldn't have to go off to war. And obviously he was killed for that. Oh. That's like the most logical storyline as to why we might celebrate love on this day. Yeah, I thought the St. Valentine's was something to do with marrying people in secret or like something also something to do with like um, getting couples out of a city, like hiding them or something. I don't know. That was all I remember. Yeah, I might be, yeah, all bound up with that. So now that, that dull bit's out of the way. Um... <laughs> Romance. I read a lot about romance because I was thinking about, okay, we're going to talk about romance rather than specifically talk about Valentine's Day. And I was like, romance, what does this word even mean? Because it's not an emotion. So I'm interested in how people define what romance is. Mm. What does romance mean to you, Lolo Brown? Well, romance to me is the... um. Um, so romance to me is a way to, is a way to define the difference between a friendship and a relationship. I find like romantic love is a different kind of love. It's not more important or more powerful. It's just a different kind of love. I think, and that's all I can really define it as. Romance in itself is the enabling of that. Interesting. 
why what have you got what's hit me with your <laughs> hit me with your stuff i'm, I'm really you, curious because i'm like i don't know ready for another great definition no i don't have one <laughs> so there's different arguments there's different nuanced ways to think about what romance is so romance is like the performative nature of early love and that's why it's associated with things like letter writing and people have linked the beginning of the idea of romance to the emergence of the novel because it's to do with identity and longing but the expression of it mm. romance is to do with the performative nature of it rather than an actual emotion in and of itself it sort of defines a period of love but actually romance isn't always linked with sex or even well, I was going to say romantic love, which kind of defeats the purpose of what I'm trying to say, like coupled love. A lot of the trappings of romance, I certainly remember doing with my friends when we were at school, because you'd like make playlists for each other and make scrapbooks and take pictures together and do all these kind of like nice bonding things that are sort of the... Performance isn't quite the right word, but like the trappings of how much you mean to each other. Yeah, well, I think that's really lovely. And you vocalise something that I find really hard to explain to a lot of people. And it's kind of that falling in friendship, mm. which is like falling in love with someone. I feel like it's it's hard to see. Like I fall in love with my friends. I have some dear, wonderful, close friends who I consider like family and so important to me. And there was a time where I did fall in love with them. And it's not romantic at all. But there was a like, you're talking about this lovely moment where you're like, oh, I want to hang out and I want to get to know them. Or like those moments where you're like both laughing together and you're like, oh, this is so perfect. Fuck, this is so perfect. Yeah. And it's something we don't talk about, obviously, because I don't know how to even express it. And it's also something that like very much brought up this idea that it's like kind of less valuable in some senses. And I think that's quite problematic and dangerous and it frustrates me. Oh, I haven't made a new friend in ages. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to the old you get. You don't really get the chance to make new friends. <laughs> No, no, don't, don't meet anyone anymore. Yeah, we don't meet anyone now, that's for sure. No. Uh, <laughs> no. But yeah, going back to what you were saying, I think it, that's a really lovely thing. And the first time it occurred to me was, oh, I think I read it in like one of my favourite books. I don't know about you, I have books that like I'd get obsessed with when I was younger and I just read mm. them like over and over and over again. And one of them had the line in it that was like, of course you find your friends attractive, otherwise you wouldn't want to be friends with them. And it's the first time I'd thought about friendship on a on the same scale as romantic love mm. and it's like oh yeah we, there is a lot of the same feelings there and like you say like oh if you make a new friend and you have that moment where you're like oh they've just texted me you're like oh my god you like that song too <laughs> oh my oh, god, god. <laughs> we're so perfect for each other yeah it's really really yes. lovely <laughs> And that's lovely. Yeah. And that drunk feeling that you're talking about when like you have that moment where you confess stuff to each other, that's something you like when you like you kind of confess some really weird shit to each other in like drunk bathrooms and stuff like that. And it's like that's really, really intoxicating. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I suppose bromance. Yeah. Yeah. Is a very accurate term. <laughs> I don't know how much men do it or how much more. Obviously they must but aliens are they they must have some feelings um obviously i think women are better at being more comfortable in being more expressive in their connections with people I mean, we're just like taught that we can be more open about our feelings and uh, be more connected rather than like your traditional masculine mode of bringing people up so i don't know uh, yeah guys have the term bromance and that sort of makes it okay for them to have friends and be excited about it <laughs> 
<laughs> I did think it was quite cute the other day. Uh, my uh, husband has another chef friend who's like quite laddie. And he was like, all right, I did a workout on Zoom together. He was like, oh, I love you. He was like, oh, I love you, bye. And I was like, that's so cute. Do you do that with all your male friends? Does he do that with his male friends? Does he say he loves you back to you? I'm like, this is really nice. More of you should do this. Yeah. Oh, no. When I see men hug or men support each other or give each other cuddles in a really, like, wonderful friendship way, it makes my heart sing so much. Mm. It's something that I definitely wasn't happening around me when I was growing up. And definitely, I didn't see it within my friends. And I just... I remember talking to an old hippie in 1932. And she was like... The world is threatened by female friendships because they are extremely deep and very like vulnerable quite quickly. And it's something that men are just not taught to do. And I'm wondering whether or not it's to do with the fact that women are raised in a place where relationships aren't necessarily transactional. You you kind of get put in more than you get. So friendship might be a little bit hard to maintain if you've not been, been told that because friendships are so long and there's not like a direct like, I get a blowjob out of this. It's sometimes hard to see the real benefits from it. And it's also the fact that friendships have hard times. It's something that we don't talk about. Like friendships have fights and hard times and rough times and dry spells and points of separation and stuff. But it's just like, oh yeah, it's it's, it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful, babe. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. It's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. There is a lot of emphasis on like relationships helping kids like with like sexual relationships and stuff like that in schools and I'm wondering I was just in my head how much of it is also going towards like how to sustain friendships and how important these kind of communication skills are with your friends Mm. and how to recognize a bad friend as well someone who's quite like abusive in a friendship way be interested to see him we'll have to ask Bonnie Knockers about that actually be interested Mm. yeah I think we did a little bit on friendships at school, which is like relationships generally and communication. And then there's bad friendships. I think when I was growing up, we did a little bit on because it's all about like leading you into like bad behavior or like leading you into things that are unsafe. Say no. Just say no to drugs. <laughs> say no to Lolo Brown. <laughs> say no, no to Lolo. <laughs> say no to Tempest and her bottle of tequila she's trying to put in your eye. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I got so drunk yesterday by accident after doing that session. Um, <laughs> no, no, because I was drinking tequila during the whole filming. So I was oh, like, I forgot about that. <laughs> On the way home, I was like, fuck, I'm pissed. I was about to say, like, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, but no. No, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> I mean, that is our one o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning at the moment. Anyway, back to friendship. Um, so... <laughs> So in our bid to talk about romance, we're going to end up talking about friendships all the same. So we ended up having a quite interesting discussion after. I was like, when you tell Truck that you love him, does he say it back? And he was like, yeah, I think so. It's again started in this really interesting discussion, which is the downsides and the dangers for when men feel that they can't have friendships. And I think this is where a lot of this whole bullshit, like friend zone, and then when men use women for free therapy because they've got no idea that, like, you can talk to your mates about this, but also when they think that they're in a relationship with a girl because they share intimate stuff with them, but that girl's like, no, no, we're just friends. And then they're like, oh, I can't believe you've been either leading me on or friend zoning me oh it makes me so mad this just doesn't seem to be this concept of like yeah that's that's called friendship how fucked up are you all it's just called friendship she doesn't want to fuck you she's your friend because that's what friends do but the sad thing is is that so few of you know that 
oh god no it drives me up the fucking wall the friend zone is the thing that i think upsets me more than anything out of that kind of culture friendship's a good thing on dating apps as soon as a guy's like i'm not here to make friends that's uh, fine but it's also just not gonna get you laid and it's not gonna get you in a relationship because if you don't see all relationships on a spectrum then i have nothing to do with you because (laughs) no no yeah it's horrible it drives me up the fucking wall and it's scary it's scary because the whole therapy thing is the one that i really really struggle with (sighs) and you don't want to be like you can't tell me these things because i want to support you and i'm glad you're being open and vulnerable with me but you also need to talk about this to other people too Mm. please yeah a sad thing for a lot of men is that they just think having a girlfriend or a wife is somebody you can just unburden all of your shit onto and unstick your dick in (laughs) and that's not really how this should go that's a horrible image that's awful you're welcome but yeah thanks (laughs) thanks uh yeah no i think you're right oh gosh because i'm trying to define the difference between like a friendship and a romantic relationship and i'm just like looking at it very much like no it's all on a gradient it's all on a gradient they have the same symptoms but i don't think they're black and white what do you think is romantic behavior what would you find romantic so if if i was gonna talk to your partner luke Mm. and be like right you need to do this for tempest because it will woo her like you will woo what would the what would that perfect like date be for example thoughtfulness mixed with cash (laughs) (laughs) nice i need like that i love it do it Uh, explain what you mean yeah yeah well, I was just laughing because I was trying to pin like, okay, what what would I consider romantic? And in its root, like something that's done just for you that shows like somebody understands you and that they've been listening to you. Um, and so they do things that, yeah, shows that like, you know, whether that's running your hot bath because I know that you've had a really difficult day or it's remembering that you said that you liked something or you wanted to do something three months ago and then they've waited till the right time and they've been like, oh, I've sorted this thing out. And so that kind of thoughtfulness is very romantic when it comes to how you express your love for somebody. But I am also brainwashed as much as when we were talking about what's sexy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's heels and handbags. It's heels and handbags and red lipstick and wiggle dresses and jewels. That's the other part of me that's like, I mean, you could take me on a five star holiday. That'd be pretty romantic. (laughs) I'm down with that too. Cash. Not cash. That's not romantic. Gifts. All good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Would you consider those actions romantic coming from, for example, me? If I was like, mate, I've got a five-star holiday you're coming with. Yes! Saddle up, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Pack of six pairs of heels, I'll pick my um, my diking boots and we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I too have been brainwashed by capitalism. <laughs> Love it! <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you find romantic, Lolo Brown? I'm... I hate gifts. Yeah, you would. You're going to hate everything that I like. (laughs) I hate gifts. I don't Mm. really like surprises. And... (laughs) (laughs) Um, My love languages are... um... I'd be curious to find out what yours are, actually. My love language is uh, physical touch and quality time. Yeah. So, essentially, uh, the most romantic thing you can do for me is turn off your phone. Mm-hmm. and just give me undivided attention for like a few hours of just like physical connection that is the most romantic thing for me the other romantic thing for me is like if i am stressed to take away decision making mm-hmm. so like 
sorting out dinner. I guess like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So whenever things like romantic gestures or anything like that, I find it really stressful when people are like, oh, I'm going to buy you these nice things. I'm like, no, don't. Just get naked and hug me. That's all I want. That's literally all I want. I don't care about anything else. What are your love languages? Do you know you know the love languages? Ish. But that everyone expresses love in different ways if you learn someone's love language. Yeah. So like there's five love languages. You've got gifts, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, and oh, words of affirmation. Great. Can I have them all? Yes, you all can. Good. You can have all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the way that you express love and the way that you want to receive love. So the way I express love is like, I'm going to touch you. And you've got all my attention. Hi. <laughs> the other theory is that I've had an argument with Tom because I think that cooking is its own love language on its own. There should be six. So cooking is on its own. But they're, they're like, no, it's an act of service. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because when I cook for you, it's like writing a letter. <laughs> and they were like, you're insane. I'm like, no. Can you not read my words of love in this? And they were like, well, anything that makes it words of affirmation. I was like, No. <laughs> Listen to the chili powder that warms your soul. Listen to the courgette that nourishes you. Listen to the beans that help you poo tomorrow. All of these are a beautiful love letter. Is writing a letter on there? A lot words of affirmation or writing a letter. No, you see, that's not the same thing either. I thought words of affirmation were like, I believe in you. You look hot in that dress. Nice hair. No, I don't think your eyebrows are weird. No? I felt personal, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think words of affirmation is like just what, any kind of affection through words. Okay. We've lost the art of letter writing. Start writing letters. I will. Write me a postcard. <laughs> Tell me you wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whenever we watch old, fas- old fashioned things. I was watching some of The Crown the other day again. And it would just take to writing letters. See, this is what you do when you have time. Nice things. What, write <laughs> letters? Of- yeah shit like that that's nice write letters and work out how to think about things it's the other thing that was making me laugh when i was listening when i was listening to my revolutions podcast <laughs> but all these oh, guys listening to my <laughs> podcast uh, <laughs> all these people sitting around working out how to think about things i'm like wow we don't do that anymore do we <laughs> i mean they came up with a lot of bollocks to be fair but you know can't knock the process. Sorry, my cat's just humping the hedgehog behind me. Uh, it's showing it. It's love language. What's humping on the love language scale? A physical affection. Okay, good. <laughs> Part of his love language is physical affection. Really going for it, are you, buddy? Cool. Get in there. How do you, um, <laughs> how do you prefer to show love? You said cooking. Are there other ways? Like, is your giving love language the same as your receiving love language? There we go. Not necessarily always, but I, they usually are the same. So I like to give love and affection through physical like definitely i'm very 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 physical i i'm not very good with words and not being like oh i love you and i feel these things like i'm good at being like i can make you feel how i see you which is nice because i feel that's something that i've learned later on but cooking is mostly the way that i show someone that i love them nourishing their soul (laughs) what about you how do you show someone you love them i like to yell at them about how they should live their lives and that's how I show love. <laughs> oh, wow. You must really love me. Mm. And yet you've never cooked <laughs> for me. <laughs> you have never come over, to be fair. You've never invited me. <laughs> oh, I don't think you want to hang out in my own like, warehouse of like petrol bombs and bodies in the hallway. Shared bathrooms. No. But my new place will come round and I'll cook for you, yeah? Yeah, I'm getting in that garden. Ah, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And then getting a dishwasher. I'm so excited. Ooh. And I just found out it's a king-sized bed. 
Oh, no, why? I know. I'm so fucking excited. Oh, I'm getting lost in that. I oh, know. i got to go for a roll around. Hide and seek. <laughs> oh, I'm in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nonsense episode and I'm really happy about it. <laughs> um, what do you think? Mm. I want to like ask, like, what would be your piece of advice to younger people on how to communicate love? And how to express love in the early days. Ooh. I don't know. I was just like, oh. Because things have changed. Well, who knows what young people do? They're like aliens to me now. Yeah, they are. I'm not sure young people have a problem expressing love. I think they have a problem <laughs> recognising it. Oh, interesting. Explain. Um, I can only speak from when I was young in 1901. <laughs> and <laughs> it's that like... Again, the idea of love and romance that we're brought up with, the examples that we're given through popular culture are so fucked up that I just think that I had a really difficult time dismantling how I thought I should feel and what behaviour I thought was showing love with actually somebody who does care about you and respects you. And I think that's really difficult. I don't know how it is for young people now, but certainly as when I was younger, because like, especially when you're a teenager, everything is so heightened, your emotions are so over the top. You yeah, have social media, plenty of time for mixtapes and letter writing and dropping things off and texting and throwing stones at windows and all that old fashioned shit. So in that way, I don't see an issue with the expressions of romance. Actually, that's what they are, isn't it? Because again, it's like the, the trappings of showing love. It's the performance of love it's the we haven't even talked about courtship we can get into that but understanding actually what love was and what good relationships are I think was lacking a lot and I would wish that for teenagers and young people now that they would have more of awareness of that and raise your standards (laughs) (laughs) raise your standards yeah that's a good one yes raise your fucking standards be demanding I don't mean be an arsehole But I like, I suppose, the... I don't think of myself as a romantic person, but when I'm detangling it, I do sometimes find in what I see of modern love, because, you know, I'm not single, so it's been a while since I have been, a lot of the glamour seems to have gone. I don't know. Glamour? I don't know. It all seems so, like functional and mundane and practical and like it's supposed to be fun (laughs) some fun be expressive be over the top i say don't be a dick but also like demand someone's attention like if somebody's into you then you're worth their time Mm. like stop lowering your fucking standards that's what i'd say to young people yeah I, i think there's a mixture there because i like that i feel I don't know if it's something that I just see more or something that I feel more. People are making a more of a conscious decision to be in relationships. Like it seems like a more like, no, this is what we're, this is now what we're doing. And there's more time to figure out whether or not you're dating or whether or not you want to enter a relationship. Things move slower, which I really like. And I think that's one thing that I wish I was aware of when I was younger, that I had the freedom and the capacity to do that rather than feeling like I had to fall a linear track for relationships like you've been dating for a certain period of time you now have to be boyfriend and girlfriend or girlfriend and girlfriend and then you've been girlfriend and boyfriend or be partners for a certain period of time you have to then facilitate the next step I really wish I had kind of cottoned on to the fact that 
like the relationship escalator doesn't really need to apply to me at all and to not get swept up in the idea of what I think I should have or the feelings like one thing I actually would be very opposite to you I'm like downplay the glamour and don't fall for like romantic gestures because that's what you think you should be receiving I've been in relationships with people where their romantic gestures were high and if you like read about the person and how they were acting you would think oh this person obviously really 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 loves you but no actually they're extremely toxic and abusive and the difference between romance and control and that kind of drip feeding of uh, affection alongside abuse is really 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 interesting and not something we're really raised to think about so like my would be advice would be to like look past the romantic gestures always always don't maybe that's why i don't like romantic gestures interesting therapy with yes probably yeah based on what you said yeah i mean i can certainly see your point of view is this thing that saves both of these is like you've got you've got to have a sense of self and if you um what did you call it when we were looking at art what did you say (laughs) it's like 10 episodes ago what are you talking about because you're saying like actually a lot of these big gestures are problematic because they mask something else and I'm saying put some effort in and don't lower your standards and both of them will work if there's a central thing which is to have a sense of self-autonomy and self-worth which we don't Mm. really teach teenagers to have yes build a relationship with yourself first fall in love with yourself first make yourself a (laughs) (laughs) mixtape I know I no I actually think I genuinely mean that it's like uh don't learn about yourself through other people like sure they'll be encouraging and they're like stepping stones to learning about yourself but like the actual process of figuring out what you want and not what you should want should be just as important as figuring out what your partner wants oh okay yeah I get what you're saying no that is true I was gonna say how can you learn about yourself if not through other people but that's not really what you meant what you meant was learn what you like whilst you learn what your partner likes is that right? Rather than like the emphasis on like how to please them, it's also understanding. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Women's magazines, don't you? If you remember them when we were young, I mean, oh, yeah, Cosmo. Yay! It's all about how to please your partner because that's all wives were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put an ice cube in your mouth and then suck on his balls and see if it makes him giggle. Don't do it. They don't really like it, I can tell you. (laughs) Why don't you chew on a chilli and then suck his dick? Because that's an allergic reaction. No. (laughs) I loved those random sex tips that you got in those being like, oh, really? That's really interesting. No, don't do those. Those are bad. Uh, Yeah, all of that's bollocks. But then, as we've discussed before, how do we draw the line between making one entire group of people feel that their entire existence is to please somebody else and that's a worthy way of living their lives versus this kind of self-pleasing? There's nothing necessarily wrong with self-pleasing. What am I saying? Again, it's that thing of like, self-love is the best love. You can swing too far in this and then it's just the selfishness where it's just all about me and how I feel and I want to do this. And and like, I do think because some of our social media lends itself to people giving advice who don't really know what the fuck they're talking about and the trotting out of easy phrases and slogans because they look good and they're easy, they're simplistic. We have to avoid a potential negative pitfall there, which is just we all be like men (laughs) no one wants that i think 
teaching people that it doesn't have to be one or the other or one thing at a time. These We are multifaceted people. We can do many things at once. And we can, like you were saying, Anna, we can learn about ourselves and our desires whilst also learning about someone else's. I think, I, I think you're right where it can swing one other way, where you learn a lack of empathy and that kind of feeling of like working as a team. There's something really wonderful about growing mm. alongside someone. And also we need to really normalize growing out of someone. I think like this idea, like relationships can just end and it doesn't really have to be a fault or anything wrong. It just, sometimes it just doesn't work anymore. Is that not normal? I don't think that's a controversial viewpoint. Well, only this year could you, um, in the UK, can you get a no-fault divorce? It's only just been legalised this year. Oh, yeah, but that's a case of, like, divorce laws are archaic. Yeah, but I, but they do trickle down. I don't down. think people... Yes, but most people who get married don't know that. I didn't know that. No, 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 but the attitudes towards it. If you get divorced, you have to have a reason to get divorced. And, like, this kind of idea that, like, love is hard work and relationships are hard work. I will never deny that. There is moments in time where you do need to work your ass off. Mm. But this idea that you can't just leave for, like, kind of no reason, which is you can do. I want to normalise more, basically. I want to normalise, like, the fact that you can wake up and be like, um, I don't think this is working for us anymore, but I still care about you. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I guess... I've never found that a controversial opinion. I know I'm not like the benchmark of everything, but when you say normalise, you're suggesting that this isn't something that people think of. But I think that's quite common in relationships. Um, maybe. Relationships like friendships do go through cycles and you you have a period of time. It's in a lot of like more like new age writing or like spiritual writing of just like, you know, you have cycles of life, don't you? And you have periods of time where like you're meant to be around those people or you're meant to be in that relationship. And then it has its time and place. Mm. to every season turn turn fucking 60s anyway. <laughs> i think, <laughs> I, think I, I agree but yeah fundamentally yeah i think i was just raised very much in the sense that like if you go if you were in a romantic relationship and you want the romantic relationship to end something really bad has to happen otherwise you failed interesting so that's an attitude that's definitely with me and yeah. something that i feel like i have to combat quite a bit yeah it's very traditional upbringing them well, weirdly, like despite my family, everything they did have some quite traditional views. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know. It, that's why it was quite hard to leave abusive relationships. I think is because the idea that if I left, I would have failed, like I couldn't make it better and I couldn't fix it. Oh, that's a lot, isn't it? Oof, I'll have some more coffee or that. <laughs> you get that coffee, Daniel. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big burden, and I'm sorry that you were made to feel that way in outside of uh, through marriages and stuff and i'm not saying i agree with it but i know that that's a big thing for people that's a horrible burden to be made to feel that you have to carry that in every relationship mm. ow <laughs> sorry the cat just bit me um <laughs> oh god i'm Feisty still in an abusive morning. relationship <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, leave your cat not on the street but <laughs> no no i would never leave my smush my little horny smush <laughs> I mean, we've never really detangled the toxic relationship cats, but there is it. No, well, I love you forever. Doesn't matter if you bite me or hurt me. <laughs> I still love you. I know he doesn't mean yeah, it. Yeah, you have to be a certain type of person to be a cat owner. Like, you really have to be. That's why more women are cat owners than men. <laughs> I told you the thing about my mate when she had her baby. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, though. Well, say it again. You have. Well, you can have it again. <laughs> Bonding 
with the newborn. Men just aren't that used to loving something that they don't get anything out of. (laughs) (laughs) You've definitely said it, and I think you might have said it twice. Well, thrice is the charm. (laughs) For a minute there, I thought you were smoking. Because you got a pen in your hand and like, yeah, I I was like, I really want a cigarette for some reason. Yeah, bring back smoking. Oh, it's so Bring back smoking. (laughs) (laughs) That'll kill the COVID. Yeah, because when you get the tar in your lungs, the protein just sticks to the sides and then it dies. Exactly. Smoking boosts your immune system. I always love to admire our history when you look at things. Remember there was a time when people thought smoking was good for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that was a normal thing. And Guinness would like frequently advertise that it was healthy for you. Like there was a time... And I'm like, I wonder what will be the thing where we look back and be like, oh, God, being like vegan killed a generation or like, I don't know, what do we do now? It's oh, probably our phones. It's probably our phones, like our eyesight or something is going to be probably. like, yeah. Or like we're going to become mentally unstable. We are mentally unstable. I might take a week off social media, actually. I was thinking that yesterday. A little treat to myself. A bit of self-love, a bit mm. of romance. Valentine's week. Just going to have quality time romance with me. Yourself. I'm going to have me time. <laughs> Oh, can we talk about one more thing before yes. we step away from Valentine's Day and shut us down? Mm. Mm. I don't know if this fucks you off as much as it fucks me off. Galentine's Day. <laughs> I know, it but you've reminded me, me of something else. So tell me your Galentine's Day rant. I am so fucked up with Galentine's Day because for me, it's like the shaving epidemic that came into like the lives of women where basically they were like, okay, so valentine's we're gonna make couples spend money we're gonna make couples spend money but have you seen all these single fuckers over here all right okay single fuckers who are feeling invalidated we're gonna validate them we're gonna celebrate their singleness pay us and it's like no 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 no. if you're gonna miss out on valentine's day you don't have to pay for any of the shit that comes with it you don't get to then be like you've got to celebrate galentine's day do you not like your gals do you not like having your friends around it's like no i like having oh it's awful pressurizing people to even celebrate it when they are single it's false empowerment it's pseudo feminism and i hate it i hate it it's capitalist feminism and it drives me up the fucking wall sorry there you go (laughs) go i loved it yes i've forgotten about galentine's day but that totally is what it is isn't it like capitalism perpetual growth right who are we not making money out of my single people women though that's the other thing about it again it's just like it's not like single people it's single Single women women. (laughs) you're feeling sad and lonely on valentine's day it's specifically single women yeah 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 yeah. there's no bromantine's day or whatever it is oh well that leads me on to my piece (laughs) wait 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 um Mm. damn it that's like Broman Times. New Broman Times is like a font. There was a joke. Do you know what? That landed flat on its face. You continue on with your story of Broman. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say how much steak and blowjob day makes me want to fucking heave. Oh. That, that is my Galentine's Day. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? First of all, there's something so grossly subservient kind of ego-y about that like firstly fine if you think valentine's day is all about women which annoys me because it's the same thing as wedding days it's like this is a stupid
stupid day to keep women happy when they're so tired from cleaning the kitchen and raising all the babies they get to have one special day to say thank you for being my servant or whatever the fuck it is oh it's just so annoys me but you can't but to that we're not part of valentine's day firstly talking about love is girly and secondly i need my dick sucked oh steak and blowjob day whenever i hear a woman being like um steak and blowjob day i want to smack that bitch across the face so fucking hard and be like <laughs> sit the fuck down let's talk about feminism okay <laughs> steak and fucking blowjob day everything is steak and blowjob day the last fucking millennia has been steak and fucking blowjob day you want a fucking blowjob yeah come here i'll blow your fucking head off just makes me so mad <laughs> oh this is outstanding yeah. that was Ooh, a beautiful wasn't sure i had that in me that was glorious i'm surprised that we're doing this at the end like where is this last bit of energy bottom of the barrel bottom of the barrel babe <laughs> Um, no, I fully agree. I bother the barrel as the coffee arrived. I fully, fully, fully agree. It's the same. Oh, it's this idea that it's completely for women and making it about them. Number one, this idea that men can't enjoy flowers and chocolates, being loved and pandered to, and having lovely coupley time. Like they're not allowed to love that to the point where they had to have a whole other day of red meat and dicks. It's also just like reducing men to this really simplistic concept where like they're incredibly complex human beings and it doesn't account for any of their actual like it's prescribing men specifically to think that this is what they should want. And it's like, well no, you you might want flowery soap. And mm. almost every man I've dated really likes receiving flowers because they're pretty and they're lovely and they smell nice. Yeah. And just like, ah oh. It's infuriating and it's also this idea that I really hate, which is the reason that I'm like, this is why um, romantic gestures are dangerous and warning signs for me is because they're transactional. So if you celebrate Valentine's Day, if you get what you want on Valentine's Day, you have to do this. And that's not love. Love is not transactional. Hmm. Do, 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 Valentine's Day is the worst day of the year <laughs> for everybody, include Richard Gere. Nice, nice. Yes. When we do the marriage one, I'll, I have a whole rant about getting this whole like, it's your day. It's all about the bride. It's just for you. Firstly, marriage and wedding days are about everyone except for the two people getting married. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you that. Yes, as a yes, fact. yes. I fully agree. <laughs> yeah. If you think this is your day, then I've got some sad news for you. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> I think we're going to have a very similar opinion on the marriage one, surprisingly. Oh, yes, probably. But it will be fun getting there and discovering it. We should definitely do that one. But yeah, <laughs> Valentine's Day sits in a similar category. And you're right. Like, I know loads of guys who love flowers and, and love what a society is sort of like girly things. But having a nice massage, putting your feet up, you know. Oh, God, so annoying. Okay. Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on this. Like, it's just so gendered. Women like flowers, men like blowjobs. There is nothing in between. There is no one in between. There is no other concept of any sort of like or gender or anything. If you do not fall within these categories and society will direct you and reject your relationship. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I love a blowjob. Where's my fucking blowjob? Oh, love a blowjob. I love a blowjob. Love a blowjob. Yeah. I need to buy a new dick. <laughs> Well, have we peaked? <laughs> Do you know what limerence is? So like a limerick, but 
longer? Uh, no, limerence <laughs> is a term that was coined in the 70s to describe the feelings that first period of when you're falling in love with somebody mm. and it's like romantic attraction where you're like obsessive about them and it's that um lust but meets love but it's not really love it's not quite so there yet yeah like you think of love as more like a more mellow thing it's that like intense passionate love that's the kind of part lust I came across that in my research day. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's also, that's quite nice because lust in itself is very different. But that combination of lust and like falling, mm. but you're still riding that high of like, I want to rip your skin off. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Word of the day. Ah, limerence. Limerence. Is it like in limerence or to feel limerence or how is the word used? All right, okay. I just want to be able to use it in a sentence. There's no point knowing the word if you're just going to use it as like... Uh, limerence is a state of mind, so... Ooh. In limerence. Yeah. Limerence can also be defined as the uninvoluntary state of intense romantic desire. You've got the Google. Yeah, I'll have a look. <laughs> it was invented by a woman. A woman? A woman with words. A woman. <laughs> Psychologist Dorothy Tenov. In a 1979 book, Love and Limerence, The Experience of Being in Love. Ah, thanks, Doc. Doc Dot. Yay. Thanks, babe. Thanks. Love your work. It doesn't actually say how to use it. Anyway, should we wrap this up? (laughs) We got enough, Rich? (laughs) I think we've got enough. I think we did an hour straight through there. There's hardly any edit, if I'm perfectly honest. I think we're absolutely outstanding. We're called One Take. Starveless. Yeah, wonderful. And would you like to plug anything, dear? Tell me your pluggables. I'd like to plug a deal that we're doing on a Patreon this month, which I mentioned in the last episode, and you can find more information on our social media. Basically, if you sign up to our Burlesque Queen Pro tier, which means that you get a weekly dance class, you get three professional tutorial videos on Burlesque a month, and you get a weekly fuck that shit thought for the week, along with all of the other cool content. For this month, you can also send Betsy and I a act or you doing a skill or a picture of a costume that you'd like some professional feedback on and we will provide you with some feedback uh, so that's just a little extra bit for our house of ls patreon which is still riding strong we did a movie watch along last month so we try and give you especially in lockdown a little extra thing each month just to help us all as we pass this time until we can hopefully get back to doing what we love so do check us out we're at hob tempest rose oh lovely lovely Lolo Brown, would you like to plug something? Um, yeah, sure. OnlyFans, slows. I sat on a cake, it didn't work. Oh no, how did it not work? I'll pay for that video. <laughs> I, you don't have to pay for it, I'll just send it to you. But the long and short of it is that I just sat on a cake, but the cake was so cheap and hard that it just like flattened into a disc. <laughs> It didn't like smush or anything. It just like flattened into a biscuit. (laughs) You killed cake. And there's a video of me just trying to like bounce on it and it just gets harder and flatter and doesn't do anything. And I like lift it up at the end and it's just this like bum shaped like disc. And I'm just like, so I panicked because every Monday on my OnlyFans I do um, a messy Monday because I love mess. But I planned badly. So I was filming the night before and being like, fuck. And I was desperately like, I have to do a messy Monday and I haven't got anything in the house because I'm doing my shop tomorrow because this was the last thing that I was going to use and then I was going to go get more stuff. And the only thing I had was this tiny, teeny, tiny Satsuma that was like this big. And just like, so I just fingered fuck that for like six minutes and made it squirt. <laughs> I'm both impressed and grossed out. <laughs> oh i am so happy it's content like that it makes me feel very authentic to myself <laughs> it's content like that i'm like wow 
And you made money out of that. Good work. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say I made money on it. It's on my wall. So it's made money in terms of like, hopefully it makes people stay because I'm kind of lulls, kind of sexy. Ooh. You can have a satsuma and you'll like it. <laughs> Ooh, look at my sexy tangerine. Were you wearing a school uniform? No, I was just naked because I didn't want to get any mess on it. I'm very economic with messy Mondays. I'm just like naked because I'll just get in the shower. That <laughs> seems just always remind me of school lunchboxes. <laughs> wow. No. Orange slices remind me of netball games. I can see that. I could do that. I actually have to plan messy Monday next week and I actually don't know what to use. I've used all the, the normal traditional things. I've done so many messy Mondays. I've, like, I've run out. Have you got any ideas? Can you donate me a mess? Should I just send them a picture of my room right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're Messy just lying Monday. amongst a whole lot of dirty dishes being like, how do you like that? Yeah, I haven't even cleaned a single one. Oh, it's Look, it's, it's caked on. Look how solid that is. <laughs> even thinking about that makes me heave. Uh, Lily. Really? Yes. Oh, gross. Lily posted recently, didn't she, some pictures of her English breakfast act. My favourite act. Yeah. Now, that is a brilliant act and it's incredibly clever and it makes me want to barf. I mean, throw oh, up yeah. bath as well as bath. Is it the egg? No, the egg doesn't bother me so much. I think it's the raw bacon the raw freaks bacon. me the fuck out. And then the sauce, it it's foul. It's very clever. Um, it's a great act. It's foul. It's disgusting whenever I, because there's only two places in the world that book it. It's me and um, Finland. And it's like... <laughs> the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> no, just whenever she gets to Finland, she does English breakfast. And I love it. It's disgusting and it smells vile. It's the beans, I think. That's what turns my stomach. Because beans oh, I love the smell, beans. don't they? I think it's just the thought of being in a dressing room with her and having her come in and, oh, it'll be on the floor and then it has to go in the shower and then you've got food in the shower. I actually feel uncomfortable thinking about it. Yeah, we only ever do it... The first time she did it, we did it in... Um, do you remember the Camden Lock pub? Um, Camden... <laughs> yes, that doesn't have a shower. There's no showers. There's not even a changing room. So we just hosed her down outside. <laughs> Sands down one of my happiest memories just her standing next to a bucket and me with a hose just being like ah, in the middle of October just being like this is fine and obviously I'm like 22 at the time god anyway I mean beautiful happy memories yeah stuff like that is what I love about our art the fact that you'd have that idea the fact that you could just do it and then the fact that we just do shit like that like in hosing you down outside the Camden Lock <laughs> Yeah, it's like you want to do something like you're like, no, I'm going to try it out, but this doesn't work. No, I'm trying it out. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Doing it anyway. We just hose me off in the car mm. park. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> it's not burlesque unless you thought I shouldn't do it, but done it anyway. It's not burlesque unless you've stood around in your underwear trying to clean off whatever bizarre concoction you decided to smear across your body because you thought it'd be lulls. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Instead of a glitter pour in our burlesque burlesque show, mm. burlesque does burlesque, what would be the replacement of glitter pour? Just one speck of glitter. Um, or what if the glitter came out and like just one bottle-shaped clump and hit you in the face? Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> it's just like, poof. Just poof it down. It just knocks you out and then someone has to drag you off by your ankles on the stage. You just scoop it out with a, with a knife. 
<laughs> I used to do the very first version of Lady Death years ago. It was called Black Widow. And I used to do a glitter pour out of an urn. And oh, yeah. I had this big jar of craft glitter that Ooh. someone had obviously given me with all the little jaggedy edges. And I just timed it wrong. So as I was inhaling, oh. I was got it into my face and managed to like breathe half of it in. And then had these like jaggedy craft glitter bits sticking into my throat. Oh. It was so hideous and I'm so allergic to that craft litter as well and, and then you have to finish the act trying not to be like <laughs> <laughs> no it's vile and it tastes disgusting people don't realise glitter tastes revolting glitter is revolting I know that we love it but it's fucking horrible no 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 I stand by the fact I hate it it's fine we should thank many people yes <laughs> We got totally distracted. You were talking about OnlyFans. Mess, good. Oh, you can also join the Ginsult podcast. Podcast, Patreon. <laughs> the Podcreon. <laughs> Welcome to our Podcreon. <laughs> uh, thank you to our new subscribers. Um, please do join in uh, because you love us and you want us to survive. And <laughs> we appreciate that. So for beginning at only two of your Earth English pounds... <laughs> Um, you can help fund the, uh, the podcast and we appreciate it very much all the way up to our top tier of badass bitch botanicants. They say we gotta stay home till COVID's gone. <laughs> it doesn't really matter if we've had it or not. We've got each other, but that won't pay our bills. So here for the thrill. <laughs> oh, 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 no way. Take my hand and I'll make it, I swear. Wow! Oh, don't forget Faye, Kate, and Jay, and Faye! <laughs> you pull something out of that, Rich? <laughs> I don't know, but it was fucking glorious. <laughs> sure. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Rich. Well, Rich, if you can't, what are we going to do? Re record it and sing it again? Well, at least we've got the lyrics now, so we could do that. <laughs> On that note, we'd like to make a very special thank you to our Richie Rurus, who edits this podcast and is producer and has been with us from the beginning of this. And we love them and really appreciate all their work. Make sure you do check out their podcast, I Might Be Wrong UK, all about music and albums. It's really interesting. Go check it out. Also, a huge thank you to Rosie Verbose for the jingle that you hear at the end of this podcast and at the end of all our podcasts. And it is, as we say every episode, still relevant. And although we love this jingle so much... I think there is a day where we we will look at our jingle and go, it's no longer relevant. It's no longer relevant. And then we'll be really, really, we'll be somewhere, somewhere new and exciting. But things are looking, if not dark, but also hopefully promising. So we hope you're all holding up okay. Thank you so much for everyone who does join us. We really love it when you share and talk about our podcast and get us more viewers and listeners and interact with our posts. We love it. So thank you so much for being a part of it. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Do you know what? I went to go follow Behind the Bastards on Instagram because I realised how much of a difference it does make when people do like support you on other channels. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go support all the podcasts that I listen to because I don't, I don't follow any of them. <laughs> that's true. I don't either. Right. Well, that's what we're yeah. going to do when we go off. We'll also rate our favourite postcard. postcards. Wow. Oh you're my God. What is wrong today. with me? <laughs> I've done... I've done one day of work and I can't <laughs> talk. My body aches. I've lost any ability to be funny. Oh, God, I can't wait till this pandemic's over and get back to that job. Um, <laughs> great. What, what everything Lolo says. Lolo just did 
did all the work. Thank you very much to my co-host, Lady Brown. <laughs> Thank you very much to my co-host, Vladimir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's. I think we're good. Think we're, we're good. good. All right. Well, we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. So you want to be a showgirl, a star of cabaret, but the closure of the theatres leaves a hole in your heart and in your day. Well, here's two artists who miss burlesque gigs, performing and acting moronic. People who, when life gives them lemons, just slice them up for a gin and tonic. They put the mock in mocktail, the cock in cocktail. Let them show you how. It's gin salt with Tempest Rose and low, low brown. Give us your attention. Hang on. I'm just going to give a new name. Not that would listen, but give me a boy's name. Uh, oh, oh, um, truck. Good. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha